السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ نحمد ونصلی علی رسوله الكریم اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشیطان الرجیم بسم الله الرحمن الرحیم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي ربنا زدنا علما اللهم صل وسلم على نبينا كتاب الصلاه باب نمبر 30 باب قول الله تعالى واتخذوا من مقام ابراهيم مصلى باب the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that take the maqam of Ibrahim alayhi salam as a musalla, meaning as a place of prayer. These abwaab are under the heading of istiqbal al-qibla. So this bab also has to do something with the qibla. Now over here in this ayah we see that Allah commands us to take the maqam Ibrahim as musalla. What does it mean by that? First of all the question is that what is maqam Ibrahim? Maqam Ibrahim is the stone on which Ibrahim salam stood and constructed the Kaaba. Or it is also understood as the places where he performed Salah or where he worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala such as the Haram or Mina etc. But the stronger opinion of the two is the first one. That Maqam Ibrahim is the stone on which he stood which has his footprints until today. Now, In the ayah, what has been said? That take Maqam Ibrahim as Musalla. So what does it mean by Musalla then? Place of prayer. You can't stand on that rock and perform Salah on it. So what does it mean by Musalla? That take it as Qibla. Meaning face it during the Salah. And that is what we see the Prophet ﷺ did. That when he completed his Tawaf, he headed towards the Maqam Ibrahim reciting this ayah. And when he prayed, he faced Maqam Ibrahim. He took it as his Qibla. Now this Maqam Ibrahim, the stone, was situated within the Kaaba initially. Just like the Hajar Aswad is, this was also fixed within the wall of the Kaaba. However, later in the time of Umar, when there was a huge flood, that rock it got swept away and it was lost. And when the people found it, they brought it back. And when they reconstructed the Kaaba, they had to renovate it basically. When they did that, They didn't place it in the wall of the Kaaba, rather they placed it a little away from it for two reasons. There were two benefits in it. First of all, the people who have to perform their two nafal after the tawaf, they have more space basically. And secondly, the people who are doing tawaf, they are not bumping into people who are praying. So it was for the convenience of people, this is why it was placed away from the Kaaba and this is how it is until today. Now the question is that, In the verse, Allah says that take it as musalla, meaning face it during the prayer. So does this mean that it is wajib to pray facing Maqam Ibrahim? That every salat that a person performs in the haram, it has to be facing Maqam Ibrahim or can it also be facing other sides of the Kaaba? Because Maqam Ibrahim is only on one side, correct? So if you're performing salat over there and you will see that When people are doing their umrah, after they've done the tawaf, there are many people on one particular side of the Kaaba. Why? Because they're facing the Maqam Ibrahim. So does it mean that you have to pray there? Or can you pray at any other side of the Kaaba as well, facing another side? You can. So this verse should not be generalized. It is specific to a particular context. And what is that context? That in the umrah. When a person performs a two nafal, then he has to face the side of the Kaaba, the particular side where the Maqam Ibrahim is. حدثنا الحميدي قال حدثنا سفيان قال حدثنا عمر بن دينار قال سألنا We asked Ibn Umar 
ابن عمر رضي الله عنه عن رجل about a man طاف بالبيت العمرة who did tawaf of the house for what? for umrah meaning he did tawaf of the Kaaba as part of his umrah ولم يطف and he did not do tawaf بين الصفا والمروة and he has not done tawaf yet between Safa and Marwa, meaning he has not done Sa'i yet. So does this person, Aya'ti, may he come, can he come, Imra'atahu, his wife? Meaning, can he have relations with his wife before Sa'i but after tawaf? Faqala, so the people they asked this question from, Ibn Umar. In other words, they were asking that when does tahallul happen? When does a person come out of the state of ihram? Is it after the tawaf or is it after the Sari. That was a question. Faqala, so he responded, that Qadim al-Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came, فَطَافَ بِالْبَيْتِ سَبْعًا Then he did tawaf of the house seven times. وَصَلَّى And then he prayed, خَلْفَ الْمَقَامِ Behind the maqam. How many raka'a? Raka'ataini, two. وَطَافَ بَيْنَ الصَّفَى وَالْمَرْوَى And then he went to do his tawaf between Safa and Marwa, meaning he went to do his sari. He said, وَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا And there is for you in the Messenger of Allah an excellent example. They said, وَسَأَلْنَا جَابِرَ بْنَ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ He said, we also asked Jabir bin Abdullah. فَقَالَ So he said, لَا يَقْرَبَنَّهَا He should not come to her حَتَّى أَنْتِلْ يَطُوفَ بَيْنَ الصَّفَى وَالْمَرْوَى Until he does tawaf between Safa and Marwa. So basically, both of them they said that tahallul happens only after the sa'i and not before that. And this was the opinion of the majority of the scholars. Only a few scholars said that tahallul happens before sa'i. But why does Imam Bukhari mention this hadith over here? To prove that وَصَلَّى خَلْفَ الْمَقَامِ The Prophet ﷺ prayed facing the maqam Ibrahim. So when Allah has said that وَاتَّخِذُوا مِن مَقَامِ Ibrahim, Then a person must face it in prayer. But this is not to be generalized because that's not what the Prophet ﷺ did. He didn't do so for every salah, but only for the umrah. Okay. حدثنا مسدد قال حدثنا يحيى عن سيف قال سمعت مجاهدا قال أتي ابن عمر. He said Ibn Umar Utiya, meaning someone came to him. Utiya, he was brought to Ibn Umar, meaning someone came to Ibn Umar. And it shows how Utiya, that he was brought, as if he, this man, he rushed to him quickly. He came, and فَقِيلَ له, it was said to him, it was said to Ibn Umar, هَذَا رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وسلم. Here, the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم دَخَلَ الْكَعْبَ He has entered the Kaaba. فَقَالَ ابْنُ عُمَرُ So Ibn Umar, he said, فَأَقْبَلْتُ So I came. وَالنَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وسلم قَدْ خَرَجَ And the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم already left. Meaning he had already come out of the Kaaba. وَأَجِدُ And I found Bilalan. Bilal رضي الله عنه قائماً standing بين البابين between two doors. Between the two doors of the Kaaba. فَسَأَلْتُ بِلَالًا So I asked Bilal. فَقُلْتُ So I said, أَصَلَّ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ فِي الْكَعْبَ Did the Prophet ﷺ pray in the Kaaba? قَالَ نَعَمْ He said, yes, he did. رَكَعَتَيْنِ Two رَكَعَ بَيْنَ السَّارِيَتَيْنِ Between the two pillars. أَلَّتَيْنِ The two which عَلَى يَسَارِهِ On his left. إِذَا دَخَلْتَ When you enter. So when you enter the Kaaba from the door, the two pillars, he prayed between them. ثُمَّ خَرَجَ then he left فَصَلَّى فِي وَجْهِ الْكَعْبَةِ رَكَعَتَيْنِ And then he prayed in the face of the Kaaba, meaning while facing the Kaaba, how many raka'ah? Two. 
Now this incident, it occurred at the conquest of Mecca. Because when the Prophet ﷺ conquered Mecca, what did he do? He approached the Kaaba, did tawaf, and at that time he also entered the Kaaba. Why did he enter the Kaaba? What did he do there? He broke the idols, cleaned it basically from inside, purified it from shirk. So anyway, when he entered, Ibn Umar when he found out that the Prophet ﷺ is inside, he went to see what the Prophet ﷺ would do. Why? Why was he so eager to see what he would do inside? Because he wanted to learn the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. He wanted to do exactly what the Prophet ﷺ did. So he wanted to see, does he do a certain kind of dhikr, uh, you know, some salah, what does he do, where and how? But when he got there, the Prophet ﷺ had already left. Bilal anhu, he told him that the Prophet ﷺ did pray salah, where? Between babain. Now we know that there's only one bab to the Kaaba. But initially, originally there were two bab. And the other door was not opened by the Quraysh. Meaning they had closed it, they wouldn't use it. And Ibn Zubayr, when he was the ruler of Mecca, he opened the other door. So the people would come in one door and go out the other. So this is the story behind the two doors. And he said that the Prophet ﷺ, he prayed, رَكَعْتَيْنِ بَيْنَ السَّارِيَتَيْنِ so it shows that there are pillars inside the Kaaba. There are pillars inside the Kaaba. And now there are about three pillars because that's what you see in the pictures of inside the Kaaba. But at that time, we find out that there were two pillars. And standing between them, the Prophet ﷺ prayed. But facing which direction? It seems like the door was behind him. Because It seems like the door was behind him. And he stood between the two pillars and faced the wall of the Kaaba when he was praying. So this is what Ibn Umar anhu learned. But basically what we learn from here is that when the Prophet ﷺ prayed inside the Kaaba, then it means he was not facing the Kaaba. And certainly he was not facing the Maqam Ibrahim. Why? Because the Maqam Ibrahim is where? Behind it was behind him then. Because if the door was behind him, the Maqam Ibrahim was also behind him. And now, the Maqam Ibrahim is not within the wall, but it is away from it. But it's in that direction. If you see the images, if you see the pictures of the Haram, you'll notice that you have the Maqam Ibrahim, then you have the door, and on the left of it you have the Hajar. Obviously there is a gap between the Maqam Ibrahim and the door of the Kaaba. So, that's what we see, that, that the Maqam was behind him. So what does this prove? That it is not necessary to pray every salah facing the maqam. Now, over here, there's one more thing that we see. That if a person wishes to pray inside the Kaaba, can he do so? Yes, he can. It can be nafal salah, it can also be fard salah. But obviously, if you're in the haram, there will be jama'ah, so you have to pray in the congregation. You shouldn't be praying by yourself. But if a person comes at a time where let's say the Jumara has already happened, he has to pray and he finds a door open, he can go inside. So what does he do? He prays his fadl over there, no haraj. Okay, if he gets that opportunity, no haraj. He can also perform nafal over there. Some said that when a person is praying inside the karba, he should face a wall of the karba. And others said that he should face the door that is open behind him. But we see that the sunnah proves that it's better to face the wall of the karba. حدثنا إسحاق بن نصر قال حدثنا عبد الرزاق أخبرنا ابن جريج عن عطاء قال سمعت ابن عباس 
Ibn Abbas said that when the Prophet ﷺ entered the house, meaning entered the Kaaba, da'a, he made dua, fi nawahihi kulliha, that he made dua in its corners. Nawahihi, its corners, kulliha, all of it. So all the corners within the Kaaba, the Prophet ﷺ went there and he made dua. And Ibn Abbas said, walam yusalli, and he did not pray, hatta kharaja minhu, until he came out of the Kaaba. فَلَمَّا خَرَجَ Then when he came out, رَكَعَ رَكَعَتَيْنِ He performed two raka'a فِي قُبُلِ الْكَعْبَةِ While facing the Kaaba وَقَالَ And he said, هَذِهِ الْقِبْلَةِ This is the Qibla. What is the Qibla? The Kaaba is. Now apparently there seems to be a contradiction over here. Because Ibn Abbas was of the view that you do not pray inside the Kaaba. Okay. He said, you are not supposed to pray inside the Kaaba. He said, مَا أَحَبُّ أَنْ أُصَلِّ فِي الْكَعْبَ مَنْ صَلَّى فِيهَا فَقَدْ تَرَكَ شَيْئًا مِّنْهَا خَلْفَهُ He said, I do not like to pray inside the Kaaba. Whoever prays inside it has left part of it behind him. Then he is not facing the Kaaba. He has left part of the Kaaba behind him. So he was of this view. And he based his view on the action of the Prophet ﷺ. Then he said, the Prophet ﷺ went inside, he made dua, he came out, and then he prayed to rakah. Now, Ibn Abbas wasn't inside. He didn't see exactly what the Prophet ﷺ did. Who was inside? Bilal was there. Right? And he saw that the Prophet ﷺ prayed inside. Yes, when the Prophet ﷺ came out, he prayed to rakah again. But Ibn Abbas only saw that. He didn't know that the Prophet ﷺ also prayed inside. So this shows that it is permissible to pray inside the Kaaba, but it should not be something that people should be too eager to do. Because this was not the habit of the Prophet ﷺ. He just did it that one time, that's what we learned. Perhaps he did it more than that, but he certainly did not do it very often. So it's not an emphasized sunnah, you can say. Because people complain a lot. They say that this is not correct, that they have locked up the Kaaba and they keep the keys to themselves and it's only the special dignitaries who can go inside and they can pray and this is not fair as if it's a plot of certain people against the rest of the Muslim Ummah. No, it's nothing like that. It's just that the Prophet ﷺ himself did not do this that much. When the Kaaba was open, it was locked again and the key was returned to its owner, to its keeper. Right? Until today, it's with that family. So when they open it, they open it. And when they close it, they close it. So in summary, facing the Kaaba is mandatory in prayer, but facing the Maqam Ibrahim is not mandatory. Bab at-tawajjuhi nahwa al-qiblati haythu kana. Facing the Qibla, tawajjuh, from waw jimha. What does wajh mean? Face. So at-tawajjuh is to direct one's wajh, to face. So to face... نحو القبلة In the direction of the Qibla حيث كان Wherever he is What does it mean? That wherever a person finds himself When it is time to pray Then he must face What? The Kaaba The Qibla So whether he is in Safar Whether he is traveling Or he is in Hadar He is at home It doesn't matter Wherever he is In the basement In a ship At ground floor Wherever It doesn't matter In an airplane when it's time to pray, then a person will face the Kaaba, the Qibla. And this is true especially for As-Salatul Fayyidah, meaning the obligatory prayers. وَقَالَ أَبُو هُرَيْرَ And Abu Hurairah رضي الله عنه, he said, قَالَ نَبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ اسْتَقْبِلِ الْقِبْلَةَ وَكَبِّرِ 
the person who was not performing his salah properly, and the Prophet ﷺ told him repeatedly, go. So basically the Prophet ﷺ corrected him. One of the things that he told him was, istaqbil al-qibla, face the qibla, and then wakabbir, then do takbir. So it means that before you start your prayer, you have to determine where the karba is, where the qibla is. You face the qibla, and then you start praying. Then you do takbir. You don't start your salah without determining the direction of the qibla. Because sometimes it happens that people are in a new place and they don't know which way the qibla is exactly. Somebody tells them it's this way. And before even confirming whether it's angled towards the left or angled towards the right, they just start their salah. And then people are coming and adjusting them. Okay, in salah you can adjust your qibla, but it is not correct that a person starts the salah without even determining which way the qibla is. So, istaqbil al-qiblata, then tabbir. We also learn from this over here that when it comes to travel, when a person is traveling, then in that case, what should he do? Because the vehicle is constantly moving or constantly changing its direction. So when a person is beginning the prayer, at that time he should face the qibla and then later on it doesn't matter if the ship turns or if the car turns. Okay, It's not a big deal. As long as he started the salah while facing the qibla. حدثنا عبد الله بن رجاء قال حدثنا إسرائيل عن أبي إسحاق عن البراء بن عازب رضي الله عنهما قال كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم he said the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم used to صلى he would pray نحو بيت المقدس in the direction of the بيت المقدس for how long ستة عشر أو سبعة عشر شهرا for sixteen or seventeen months when he came to Medina when he migrated there for the first 16 or 17 months, he faced Bayt al-Maqdis in Salah. And Bayt al-Maqdis is towards the north or south of Medina. You can say north, right? And he used to yuhib, he would love, he would wish, that he would be made to face al-Kaaba, to the Kaaba. He would wish that he would be made to face the Kaaba. What does it mean by this, made to face the Kaaba? that he would be given the command to face the Kaaba. So what happened? فَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ So Allah revealed, قَدْ نَرَى تَقَلُّبَ وَجْهِكَ فِي السَّمَاءِ We have certainly seen your repeated turning of your face towards the sky, looking up to the sky again and again, waiting for the command. فَتَوَجَّهَ نَحْوَ الْكَعْبَ So after this, he faced in the direction of the Kaaba. وَقَالَتْ سُفَهَاءُ مِنَ النَّاسِ And the foolish ones from the people, they said, وَهُمُ الْيَهُودِ And they were the Yahud. They objected, مَا وَلَّاهُمْ عَنْ قِبْلَتِهِمُ الَّتِي كَانُوا عَلَيْهَا What has turned them from their Qibla, which they were on? How come they are now facing the Kaaba and not Bayt al-Maqdis anymore? Because it's the exact opposite. If you're in Medina, Bayt al-Maqdis is one direction and Kaaba is the exact opposite direction. قُلْ لِلَّهِ الْمَشْرِقُ وَالْمَغْرِبِ Say, to Allah belongs the east and the west. يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ إِلَى صِرَاطِ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ He guides whomsoever he wills to the right path. فَصَلَّى مَعَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ رَجُلٌ So a man, he prayed with the Prophet ﷺ. Obviously this was towards the Kaaba. ثُمَّ خَرَجَ بَعْدَ مَا صَلَّى Then he went after he prayed. فَمَغَ نَحْوَ بَيْتِ الْمَقْدِسِ And they were praying in the direction of Bayt al-Maqdis. Why? Because they had not yet found out that the Qibla had been changed. فَقَالَ هُوَ So that man, he, he said, 
يَشْهَدُ أَنَّهُ that he said that he bears witness that indeed he صَلَّى مَعَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ he prayed with the Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ وَأَنَّهُ تَوَجَّهَ نَحْوَ الْكَعْبَةِ and that he faced in the direction of the Kaaba فَتَحَرَّفَ الْقَوْمُ so the people they turned حَتَّى تَوَجَّهُ نَحْوَ الْكَعْبَةِ until they were facing the direction of the Kaaba so during their salah they turned why because they found out that was the qibla now there are many things that we observe over here first of all we see that the prophet ﷺ, he wished to yuwajjah he wished to be instructed to face the Kaaba which means that even though he wanted to face the Kaaba he did not face it until he was commanded why because he was abdun ma'mur he was a servant who was commanded he was rasul mursal a messenger who was sent he was not a follower of his wishes So this is why he waited for the command. And you see, this is something that he wanted from the beginning. But how long did it take? 16, 17 months. So sometimes it takes a long time for the hours to be answered, for your wishes to be fulfilled. And then we see here that the people, when they were told, by one man, during their salah, what did they do? They turned. They turned to face the qibla. So what does it show? The khabar wahid, that if there is one person telling you of something, and he is a trustworthy, reliable individual, then you accept what they're saying. You don't say, no, 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 we'll finish our prayer, and then we'll go find out. Then we'll go ask the Prophet ﷺ, then we'll confirm. No, in the salah, somebody is telling you, they're trustworthy, reliable, they're bearing, they're testifying, you know, by Allah. They're saying that they prayed with the Prophet ﷺ, facing the Kaaba. So, you can do that. You will accept what they're saying. Then another thing we see over here is that he is telling them while they're praying. So if there is something that is relevant to the musalli at that moment, at that time, okay, relevant for him to know, then you can tell him while he is praying. Not that you tell them, by the way, your food is burning on the stove. No. Go and switch off the stove yourself. Right? Don't disturb their salah. You don't have to tell them, by the way, this is going on. By the way, this is going on. No, they're praying. Let them pray. Let them focus. Don't talk to them in prayer. Don't send messages to them while they're praying. Only that which is essential for them to know at that time. Such as, for instance, a woman is praying and her ankle is showing. So you can tell her. Okay, You can tell her in her prayer that your ankle is showing. So that she can adjust it. Likewise, her hair is showing from the back. Because some people, what they do is, they come and start fixing other people's hijabs while they're praying. And sometimes there is a reason why people are wearing their hijab in a particular way. Like I know of a person, when they pray, what they do is, that they take a part of their hijab from the back and they tuck it into their abaya. Part of it. Why? So that when they go down into sujood, you know, it doesn't fall off, their hair doesn't show. So once when they were praying, I saw somebody coming and adjusting their hijab, taking that part out of their abaya. Now this is not correct. You don't do that. First of all, their hair wasn't showing. Secondly, if you see that somebody's hair is showing, you tell them that your hair is showing, please adjust your hijab. You might be adjusting it in that adjustment, you may ruin it. So you can tell them your hair is showing. You can tell them your arm is showing, but only tell them what they can do. If somebody is praying in the wrong direction, yes, you should correct their qibla. How? Tell them. Because sometimes what happens is that people come and start moving others. And I'm sorry, it's not a good feeling when you're praying and somebody's coming and adjusting you. Right? You're not little children who have to be physically adjusted by others. It's not correct. It's not respectful. 
And especially if you don't know somebody, they might get offended. And sometimes you don't know what's going on. Why is somebody just, you know, turning you from the back? What's going on? So you can tell them, the Qibla is towards your right. The Qibla is towards your left. The Qibla is the opposite direction. Use words like this companion did. You can tap him, you can say something. Whatever is ma'roof basically. You have to see what is ma'roof. And you have to see what the other person will accept. Like if it's your friend, you can go and use your hands to adjust her. But if it's a stranger, then you don't go touching strange people and turning them around in their prayer. They will get offended. Then we also learn over here that during the prayer, a person can change the qibla. And in fact, he should. If he is informed that he is not facing the qibla, then he must switch to the correct qibla. He must do so. He doesn't need to break the prayer, nor does he need to start from the beginning. No, he just needs to switch. He just needs to turn. Even if he's in the last rakah, even if he's about to end the prayer, what will he do? He will just turn and face the qibla then. He doesn't need to repeat the entire prayer. He doesn't need to break it. Nothing like that. So it means that the prayer that he performed, the part of the prayer that he performed facing the wrong direction, that is still acceptable. Why? Because he corrected it. He didn't know at that time and he corrected it. حدثنا مسلم قال حدثنا هشام قال حدثنا يحيى بن أبي كثير عن محمد بن عبد الرحمن عن جابر قال كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he used to يصلي على راحلته He used to perform his prayer on his راحلة on his mount حيث توجهت wherever it faced So it didn't matter whether it was facing the Qibla or not wherever it was facing the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم would perform salah on it فَإِذَا أَرَادَ الْفَرِيضَةِ But when he intended to perform the obligatory prayer, then what would he do? نَزَلَ He would descend, فَاسْتَقْبَلَ الْقِبْلَةِ And then he would face the qibla. So what does it show? That when it comes to nafl prayer, facing the qibla is not mandatory. I mean it's better, it's better, but it is not mandatory. But when it comes to fard salah, then it is mandatory, it is essential. Because the Prophet ﷺ would get off of his mount and then he would pray facing the qibla. So this proves that it is necessary to face the Kaaba wherever a person is praying and that facing the qibla is shart, is a condition for the correctness of prayer. It is shart for sihatu salah, which means that if a person is not facing the qibla, then his salah is not sahih. It is not correct. It is not valid. Okay? So there are basically three exceptions to this. When a person is allowed to not face the qibla in prayer. First of all, al-ajzu anhu. When a person is unable to face the qibla. He's not able to face the qibla. Why? Because, like for example, a person is sick. Okay? A person is sick. They are on a hospital bed which is facing a particular direction. And there's so many machines attached to them. When they pray, they pray lying down. And they're not facing the qibla. Is that okay for them? Yes. Even fard salah? Yes. Why? Because they are not able to face the qibla. I mean, a person could say, no, 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 I'm going to make the hospital staff turn my bed and turn all this uh, machinery, all this equipment. It's not easy to do that. There are things that are mounted on the wall. They can't change everything. And sometimes the room might be such that you cannot readjust the bed. So 
when a person is incapable, then he is not required to face the Qibla. Likewise, if a person is driving in a car, you can stop the car and pray. Car is not an excuse. Okay? But if a person is in a plane, if a person is in an airplane, can you tell the aircraft crew to land so that you can face the Kaaba and then pray? Or that they should turn in a particular direction so that you can pray? No. You can't do that. Likewise, there is not enough space. So in that situation, you pray where you have been given your seat. And even if it's not in the direction of the Qibla, sometimes you're not able to do that. You know, for instance, in, in some situations, you could maybe turn towards your right and pray or turn towards your left and pray. But if there is a stranger sitting next to you, they might get really offended that what are you doing? So in this situation, what do you do? You're unable to face the Qibla. So you will not face the Qibla. Then why? Because, فَاتَّقُوا Mastatartum. Fear Allah as much as you are able to. Keep your duty to Allah as much as you are capable. And لَا يُكَلِّفُ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وُسْعَهَا So if it's not within your wusr, then you are not obligated. Likewise, the Prophet ﷺ said, If I command you to do a thing, then do as much of it as you can. This is in Sahih Muslim and also in Bukhari. That do as much as you can. So if it's within your capacity, do it. If it's not within your capacity, then Allah knows. The second exception is shiddatul khawf, extreme fear. The state of intense fear, such as a person is fleeing from the enemy or a person is fleeing from a flood or there's a storm and a person may be in the car even at that time. Okay, But if you stop the car and start praying your maghrib or start praying your asr, before you know it, the storm will catch up with you. And I'm talking about a severe storm. Okay, like a hurricane or something like that. Literally people are driving away from it and it's catching up with them. So if you wait until you are safe, you might lose your prayer. And if you stop and pray, facing the karba, you might lose your life. So in this situation, you are driving and you're praying and you're not facing the qibla. No haraj, no harm. Why? Because فَإِنْ خِفْتُمْ فَرِجَالًا أَوْ رُكْبَانًا Allah says, if you fear, then pray while you are walking or riding. فَإِذَا أَمِنْتُمْ Then when you're secure, فَاذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ كَمَا عَلَّمَكُمْ مَا لَمْ تَكُونُوا تَعْلَمُونَ So the phrase, إِنْ خِفْتُمْ is general in meaning. And it includes all kinds of fear. Whether it's the fear of the enemy, or fear of a hurricane, fear of a flood, a wild animal, whatever it may be. And the phrase, فَإِذَا أَمِنْتُمْ فَاذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ كَمَا عَلَّمَكُمْ مَا لَمْ تَكُونُوا تَعْلَمُونَ this indicates that whatever part of the prayer a person omitted because of fear, there is no sin on him because of that. And this includes facing the qibla. Then the third exception is nafila fissafar. When a person is performing voluntary prayers while traveling. And travel doesn't mean you are on your way to New York or something. It means even if you're driving in the car, okay, uh, you're going in the car, that's also considered safar. So your husband's driving and you're sitting. So in that case, you don't face the qibla. You're performing your nafil. There is no harm. Okay. So it doesn't matter whether a person is riding a plane, a car, a camel, whatever it may be. Okay. And it doesn't matter where the qibla is. Left, right, front, behind. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the vehicle turns in the middle. There is no harm. Because that is what the Prophet ﷺ did. He would perform nafil on his mount. And it didn't matter which way it faced. So this is with regards to nafil. What is included in nafil? Just to make it clear. What is included in nafil? Hmm? 
Okay, so for example, you did wudu at home and now you're leaving. Somebody else is driving and you're like, I want to pray to Nafal like Bilal al-Dulaw and who used to pray. You can do that. Likewise, duha, you can pray that. Likewise, if it's a night journey, you want to pray Qiyamul Layl, you can do that because that's Nafal. Haja, you want to make dua, so you say, okay, I will pray to Nafal and then I will make dua. You want to pray istikhara, so you pray your two Nafal in the car and you make your dua over there of istikhara. You can do that. Okay, this is what is included in Nafal. When it comes to Fard, that you can't do. I mean, unless you are unable to. That's a different situation. But Fard, you have to stop, face the Qibla, and then pray. Unless you are not able to, in the two situations that are mentioned earlier. What about Sunnah? When it comes to actual safar, okay, real safar, then you don't pray your sunnah. Okay? Then you don't pray your sunnah. When it comes to actual real safar, you don't pray your sunnah. You're not required to. You're not supposed to, in fact. In safar, fajr sunnah, you have to pray. So you will pray that with your fad. حَدَّثَنَا عُثْمَانَ قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا جَرِيرَ عَنْ مَنْصُورَ عَنْ إِبْرَاهِيمَ عَنْ عَلْقَمَةَ قَالَ قَالَ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ the Prophet ﷺ performed the prayer. Qara Ibrahim, Ibrahim the narrator, before Al-Qama. He said, La adri, I do not know Zada or Naqasa. Whether he prayed more or he prayed less. Meaning, he couldn't recall whether the Prophet ﷺ prayed more than the required number of rak'at or he prayed less than the required number of rak'at. He wasn't sure. But basically, there was a mistake with regards to the number of rak'at. فَلَمَّا سَلَّمَ Then when he said the salam, قِيلَ لَهُ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ It was said to him, O Messenger of Allah, أَحَدَثَ Did something happen? فِي الصَّلَاةِ In the salah, شَيْءٌ Something? And حَدَثَ is when something new occurs. So did something new happen in salah? Meaning were you informed of something new during the prayer? A new command concerning the prayer? That the number of rak'ah has been changed? قَالَ He said, وَمَا ذَاكَ And what is that? Meaning what happened? قَالُوا They said, صَلَّيْتَ كَذَا وَكَذَا You prayed such and such. فَثَّنَ رِجْلَيْهِ So he turned his feet. وَاسْتَقْبَلَ الْقِبْلَ And he faced the Qibla. Because when he would say the salam, what would he do? He would turn around to face the people. So he was facing the people. And the people asked him, Did something happen? Has the number been changed? And when he realized it was a mistake, what did he do? He turned around again and he faced the Qibla. When he faced the Qibla, وَاسْتَقْبَلَ الْقِبْلَ وَالسَّجَدَ سَجْدَتَيْنِ Then he performed two sajda of sahu, ثُمَّ سَلَّمَ Then he did the salam. فَلَمَّا أَقْبَلَ عَلَيْنَا بِوَجْهِهِ Then when he faced us with his face, meaning he turned towards us and he was facing us, قَالَ He said, إِنَّهُ Indeed it, لَوْ حَدَثَ فِي الصَّلَاةِ شَيْءٌ If something happens in salah, لَنَبَّأْتُكُمْ بِهِ I would definitely inform you of it. وَلَكِنْ Indeed, I am only a man, a human being, just like you. Ansa, I forget. Kamat ansauna, just like you forget. Fa'ida nasitu, so when I forget, fadakiruni, then remind me. Wa ida shakka ahadukum fi salatihi, and when one of you doubts in his prayer, that whether he has prayed the correct number of rakar or not, then what should he do? Falyataharra, then he should make the basis. What? Aswab, that which is correct meaning he should build on he should build the remaining prayer on that which is sawab sawab is what correct meaning what he knows for sure is correct 
فَلْيُتِمَّ عَلَيْهِ And then he should complete upon that, meaning he should complete the remaining prayer based on what he is sure of. ثُمَّ يُسَلِّمْ Then he should say the salam. ثُمَّ يَسْجُدْ سَجْدَتَيْنِ And then he should perform two sajda of sahu. Now, there is a couple of things over here. First of all, we see that the Prophet ﷺ, he made a mistake in the salah. Why? He said, I'm a human being, just like you are. I forget, just like you do. So, this proves that the Prophet ﷺ was definitely a human being. And if he could forget, then we too can forget. Because sometimes it happens that if you're praying behind an imam and he makes a mistake, like, what kind of imam is this? Hmm? They've been given the position of leading people in prayer, and here they are, forgetting how many rakat they have prayed. But remember that they are human beings. There is a reason why they have been appointed. They have a certain level of knowledge, understanding, because of which they have been given that position. And if they make a mistake, realize that they are humans. Likewise, we may make a mistake. And we should realize that we are human beings. We make mistakes because we take it too hard. And we consider ourselves to be completely incapable of doing anything. Like we say that, oh, I've made this mistake, so that's it. I'm a loser. I'm not capable. I can't do anything. I shouldn't be doing this anyways. It's okay. You can make a mistake and you can fix it afterwards. Right? Then we see that this was something major. I mean, the number of rakar was not as what the Prophet ﷺ had taught them. And the Prophet ﷺ said that, look, if something happens, I will tell you. And if I'm not following, meaning in the sense that if I'm not performing the correct number of rakah, then you have to tell me. Because sometimes what happens is that we know what the rules are. Right? We know what the rules are, what the etiquette is. But then we see somebody not following the rules. And we think, oh, maybe they changed the rules. Maybe the rules are changed. No, if it says no eating in class, the rules are not changed. If they were changed, you would have been informed. Just don't assume, because we assume a lot. So remember that if the rules are changed, we will be informed. And if they're not changed, and if we have not been informed, that means that they are not changed and we have to observe them. Let's not assume that they have been changed. Which means that group time starts at 11.30 and ends at 11.45. And if there is a change, then you will be informed. Because over here what happened was, from other narrations we find out that the Prophet ﷺ prayed an additional rakah. Instead of four, he prayed five. Okay? So how do you omit the fifth one? Can't omit it. So this is the reason why he performed the two sajda. But in the case where you have prayed less, or you are in doubt that you have prayed less, then in that situation, what was the instruction of the Prophet ﷺ? That, فَلْيَتَحَرَّ sawab That he should... Build on what he knows to be correct. And in some situations what happens is that you have a reason to prefer one thought over the other. And you say, no, 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 I did pray three. Okay? And not two. I, I This is my third rakah. What's, what's your basis? Because you say, I remember saying that the shahud. So this is my third, not my second. I said that the shahud in my previous rakah, so this is my third. So in that situation you will consider it to be the third rakah. But if you cannot remember at all, then in that case, you will base on that which is less. Okay, so you'll consider it to be your second and not your third. 
Then we see over here that the two sajda of Sahu, he did after the salam. Why? Because that's when he realized. But if you realize during your prayer, during your prayer, you're in confusion. Is it my third rakah or four rakah? Is it my second rakah or third rakah? Then you will base it on that which is less because that's something that you've done for sure. Okay? Then you will pray how many ever is required in order to complete the four rakah and before the salam you will say to sajda. Sajda sahu. Because what does sajda sahu do? It corrects the salah. Okay? It corrects the salah. So if you prayed extra, sajda sahu will make up for it. It will omit the extra. And if you prayed less, okay, and you fixed it by praying an extra rakah, then sajda sahu will correct the salah. So for example, you said the salam and then somebody tells you you prayed three rakah. Then in that situation, you won't just do sajda sahu. You will pray one rakah and then you will do sajda sahu. You don't have to repeat the entire prayer. You will just pray what is remaining and you will do sajda sahu at the end. Okay, because you have to complete what is left and you have to do two sajda. Alright? And the reason why this hadith is mentioned over here is that we see the Prophet ﷺ, he turned and faced the qibla and then he performed the two sajda sahu. So what does this show? That you have to face the qibla in prayer. When you're praying, you have to face the qibla. Okay? Because if it was not necessary, he, he would have done sajda in whatever position that he was in. But we see that he turned around and then he performed the two sajda of, of sah. So you have to adjust yourself in the direction of the qibla. One more thing, the Prophet ﷺ said, فَذَكِّرُونِي, remind me. Does it mean that it's mandatory to remind a person when they are making a mistake? Or it is better? It depends on what kind of mistake they're making. If the mistake is occurring with regards to something that is mandatory, then it is mandatory on you to tell them. But if the mistake is happening concerning something that is mustahab, then it's not mandatory. Like for example, somebody is eating with the left hand. Then you have to remind them, eat with your right hand. But if somebody is drinking, and they take two sips instead of three, or one big gulp instead of three, then, I mean, you can tell them once, twice, but don't tell them every time. It's not mandatory because it is mustahab to drink in three sips, but it's not mandatory. You understand? Because this way we make the lives of other people difficult. That we start, you know, pinpointing every little thing. So remember that if it is a matter of obligation, halal, haram, then you have to tell. But if it's the matter of mustahab, then it's mustahab for you to tell you. No, because it's a food that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has fed the fasting person. He ate accidentally. So it's food that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has fed him because that's what we learn because his fast is not broken. So some say that, oh, let him enjoy the food that Allah is feeding him. And others say that, no, you have to tell him because he's going against the rules. So the correct thing to do is that you stop them but in an appropriate manner. Don't frighten them. Don't scare them. But be gentle and easy. Bab Qibla. What has come about the Qibla? Meaning about the Hukum of Qibla. What else has been mentioned other than what is proven above? Now so far we have learned that when a person has to pray, then he has to face the Qibla. 
And this means that before salah, just like you do wudu, you also have to determine which way the qibla is. And if you don't know, then you shouldn't guess. You should find out. You should do your best to determine the correct direction. How do you determine that? By looking at the sun, by using a compass, by asking people. And based on what you have found, then you will face the qibla. And you will pray in that direction. During the day you have the sun, during the night you have the moon, because both rise from the east and set in the west. But you have to know which way they rose from and which way they're going. Okay, otherwise you can't tell. But anyway, if a person thinks he is praying in the right direction, he did try to find out. But later on he finds out that no, the qibla was some other way. For example, you're somewhere and you check your phone, the compass on your phone, It's pointing to a particular direction and you face that way and later on you find out that, oh, you don't even have any signal. And this was from the last time that the app was open and the Qibla was fixed in that direction and you just didn't check, you didn't confirm and you prayed in that direction. So now what do you do? Do you repeat the prayer or you don't repeat it? Or let's say you go somewhere, somebody tells you, yeah, the Qibla is this way, you pray in that direction. Somebody else walks in and says, no, 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 it's not this way. What are you talking about? It's the other way. You ask somebody which way is north, and they tell you north is this way. Right? And then you determine the qibla based on that, and you pray in the direction of the qibla according to your understanding, and you find out that no, north was the exact opposite way. They made a mistake in telling you. You're praying behind somebody. Okay? And you would assume that if they're praying, they're leading the jama'ah, they are facing the correct qibla, but they're not. Later on you find out. So in this situation, are you supposed to repeat the prayer or not repeat the prayer? What if you find out 10 years later? Possible, right? What if you find out that since you've moved into this house, you've been praying in the wrong direction? For two years, for three years, for five months, do you repeat all of the prayers? What are you supposed to do? So there are several scenarios basically. One is that a person... Does ijtihad, meaning he exerts his full effort to determine the qibla, and he makes a mistake. Okay, he makes a mistake. Now, what we've learned so far is that if you find out during your prayer, you turn. But this is when you find out after the prayer. Okay, so the first case is where you strive to find out, but you make a mistake. You did put in the effort, you did ask, you used your app, you looked at the sun. The second situation is, Second scenario is that a person doesn't even bother to find out. He just assumes. Like some people when they're shopping, they go and pray in change rooms. Right? I don't know how you can do that when the music is blasting. How can you pray over there? And they face any direction. Or they assume. You know what, Allah, I'm sorry, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to face this direction. I'm going to pray. They didn't exert any effort. And later on they find out that the Qibla was not correct. Because their friend says, no, 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 no. I prayed facing the other side in the other change room. And they say, no, no, I face this side. No, 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 I'm right, you're wrong. So this is, I mean, negligence on the part of the person. The third situation is of nisyan. A person knows, but he forgot at that moment. Does it happen? Yes, it happens. Right? People know, but they forget. So there's no one answer, yes or no. Okay, depending on the situation, a person will either repeat the prayer or not repeat the prayer. And inshallah, we will look at all of these scenarios one by one. Imam Bukhari says, وَمَنْ لَا يَرَى الْإِعَادَةَ 
And the one who, meaning the, the, those scholars who, did not see al-i'ada repeating the prayer ala on man who saha forgot the person who forgot and fasalla ila ghayr al-qibla and he prayed in a direction other than the qibla so out of forgetfulness he prayed in the wrong direction so the scholars who said that this person doesn't need to repeat the prayer so this means that some scholars were of the opinion that if it happens inadvertently if it happens by accident then in that case you don't repeat the prayer. Ibn Hajar, he interpreted sahu, saha, sahu over here as ijtihad, that a person made ijtihad, he strove to find out, checked the sun, asked people, used an app to determine which way the qibla was, and his decision was wrong. Everybody is not good at math, everybody is not good at making correct decisions. Navigation, right? Everybody is not good at that. So, in this case, if he made a mistake, does he need to repeat the prayer? The stronger opinion is that he does not need to repeat the prayer. Why? Because he did put in the effort to find out. He used resources, means to determine the correct tibla. If he made a mistake, he's not required to repeat the prayer. Why? Because Rabbana la tu'akhidna in nasina aw akhta'na. This is a khata, a genuine khata. Okay? He tried. But he made a mistake. And the Prophet ﷺ said that إِذَا الْحَكَمَ الْحَاكِمْ فَاجْتَهَدَ فَأَخْطَأَ فَلَهُ أَجْرٌ وَاحِدٌ That when a judge makes ijtihad, and he makes a mistake in that, but he still has one reward. Why? For his effort. So a person has put in the effort, and he was wrong, there is no haraj, he does not need to repeat the prayer. Because he was not, he didn't do any khiyana. Okay, he was sincere in his heart. His niyyah was sincere. He tried to determine the correct qibla. And if he comes to know of it during the prayer, then he has to change. If he comes to know afterwards, he doesn't need to repeat. It says in Al Mughni by Ibn Qudama that whoever prays facing a certain direction after striving to work it out, and then he finds out that he got the qibla wrong, he does not have to repeat it. Then he does not have to. Repeat it. Now the second scenario, which is that a person doesn't bother to find out which way the qibla is, he goes to somebody's house, assumes, okay, the qibla will be this way, and prays in that direction. And later on he finds out that the direction was wrong. So does he need to repeat the prayer? Yes, he needs to repeat the prayer. Why? Because this was not khata. This was not a genuine mistake. This was laziness on his part. Remember, some mistakes are Deliberate and others are accidental. So this is not accidental, this is deliberate. Because you could have avoided it, but you didn't bother to. So it is your fault. You are guilty. So in this situation, a person will repeat the prayer. It says on Islam Kiwi, if a person offers a prayer without facing towards the Qibla out of negligence, in that he did not ask and he did not look at the signs that point to the direction of the Qibla, then he should repeat the prayer. He should repeat the prayer because facing towards the Qibla is one of the conditions of prayer being valid when one is able to do it. So he has to repeat the prayer. So Imam Malik, he said that if it is still within the time of the prayer, then he should repeat the prayer. And if the time has passed, then he will not repeat. Because sometimes it may happen that two months of prayers you have been performing in the wrong direction because of your own negligence. You didn't bother to use a compass. You didn't bother to ask people. You just assumed. 
you just thought, okay, the sun is rising from this side. Okay, then maybe it's, you know, I saw the sun in that direction in the morning. Okay, they didn't even check which direction exactly the sun was rising out from. They said, okay, northeast must be this way. No, there's a particular degree in North America, not just anywhere between northeast, right? The third case is of Nisyan. Nisyan, forgetfulness. Now, remember that Nisyan has to be determined as well. Okay? Forgetfulness has to be determined as well. Because sometimes a person doesn't think before he's praying, even in their own house. It's just that they're so used to it, putting on their hijab quickly and just starting their salah. And in that hurry, in that haste, they're not facing the qibla. Now, this is not pure nisyan. This is mixed with negligence. So in this situation, the salah should be repeated. So it may happen that because of negligence, a person is forgetting. So in that case, the salah will be repeated, especially if it's within the time of salah that a person realizes. And if it's pure nisyan, like really, you actually forgot it wasn't that you weren't paying attention. You were paying attention, but you forgot. Then in that case, again, a person doesn't need to. Why? Because رَبَّنَا لَا تُؤَخِذْنَا إِنْ نَسِينَا أَوْ أَخْطَأْنَا This is إِنْ نَسِينَا If we forget. And this was the opinion of some scholars. وَمَنْ لَا يَرَى الْإِعَادَةَ عَلَى مَنْ سَهَى سَهَد means نسيان. In their opinion, فَصَلَّى إِلَى غَيْرِ الْقِبْلَ So in this situation, he will not repeat the prayer. We see that there is ikhtilaf of the scholars concerning this matter, but the matter is not as simple as it seems. You have to see why a person prayed in the wrong direction, okay, and when they realized. Also, one more thing, that it has to be checked how much was the error. How off were they from the qibla? Because remember the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, whatever is between the east and the west is qibla. This was for the people of Medina. So this means that it is obligatory to face the direction of the Qibla and not the exact position of the Kaaba for those who are not able to face it precisely. You know, one is that you have a compass and it tells you this degree. So you pray in that degree. And the other is that you don't have the compass. You see the sun rising from a particular direction. Based on that, you believe that the Qibla is this way. So later on you find out that you were off by, you know, a degree or two, just slightly. So... In this situation, you don't repeat the prayer. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ said, what is between the east and the west is Qibla. Shaykh bin Usaymin, he said, thus we know that the matter is broad in scope. So if we see someone praying slightly off from the Qibla, it doesn't matter. Because he is facing the general direction. Okay? He is facing the general direction. But if the deviation from the direction of the Kaaba is great, such that your prayer is not in the direction of the Qibla, and the Qibla is behind him, or to his right, or to his left. You know, one is that slightly to the right, and the other is completely to the right, or completely to the left. Then this is subject to further discussion. What is that? That firstly, if a person has tried to work it out, find out the Qibla, then he doesn't have to repeat the prayer, because he tried to determine the correct Qibla. And the second situation is that a person did not bother to find out, then in that case he has to repeat the prayer. So there is a couple of things that you have to see. How much is the error? When does a person find out? And why is he making a mistake in the Qibla? So all these three factors have to be seen and then a person will determine whether he needs to repeat the prayer or not. And 
after learning about this, you should be very clear on this matter because you will come across such situations in your own life and people will ask you about this as well. It may have happened with you that you prayed in the wrong direction. So many times I've seen people making this mistake. They go upstairs in the same building and they pray in the wrong direction because they assume that when you go upstairs, the masjid is in front of you. No, it's not in front of you. It's sideways. So they pray straight. That's not the qibla. I've seen many people making this mistake. So if this mistake happens by someone and they ask you, then what are you going to tell them? You have to know the answer. وَقَدْ سَلَّمَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ فِي رَقَعَتَيِّ الظُّهْرِ And the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, he gave the salam after the two raka' of zuhr وَأَقْبَلَ عَلَى النَّاسِ بِوَجْهِهِ And he turned to face the people ثُمَّ أَتَمَّمَ بَقِيَ And then he completed the rest. So he's referring to the hadith that was mentioned earlier. So basically this is the evidence of those who say that a person who forgets the qibla, meaning out of nisyan, Sahu has happened, then he does not repeat the prayer. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ said two rakah, said the salam. Okay? He was not facing the qibla anymore. And when he was reminded, he prayed two more. Okay? In the middle, he did not face the qibla. Okay? And a major part of salah, two rakah, was left. Without which the salah is incomplete. But did he repeat the entire prayer? No, he didn't repeat the entire prayer. He just prayed what was Remaining. Correct salah in this situation was what? Four rakah. He didn't pray for. He contradicted it. Likewise, correct salah is what? That a person faces the qibla. But he forgot. Okay? He forgot. So does he repeat the entire prayer? No. The Prophet ﷺ did not repeat the entire prayer. Okay? So likewise, the person who forgets the qibla, he doesn't repeat the entire prayer. Is it clear or not? Yeah? It's not a direct evidence. Okay? Basically, the evidence is being taken from mistake. He made a mistake, he did not repeat the entire prayer. Likewise, a person makes a mistake in the qibla, he doesn't repeat the entire prayer. حدثنا عمر بن عون قال حدثنا هشيم عن حميد عن أنس قال قال عمر عمر رضي الله عنه said وافقت ربي في ثلاث My Lord وَفَقْتُ What does وَفَقْتُ mean? That he agreed. Or وَفَقْتُ I agreed. My opinion was in conformity with my Lord. That what I thought and what my Lord wanted was exactly the same. When? في ثلاثن At three occasions. فَقُلْتُ So I said, يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهُ O Messenger of Allah The first instance is that لَوِتَّخَذْنَا if we could take مِنْ مَقَامِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ The Maqam Ibrahim as Musalla, as a direction in prayer, he expressed his wish that after we do tawaf, you know, if we could face, if we were told to face the Maqam Ibrahim in prayer, in those two rakah, it would be so good. فَنَزَلَتْ So it was revealed what? وَاتَّخِذُوا مِنْ مَقَامِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ مُصَلَّى Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that when you pray, then face the Maqam Ibrahim in the prayer. And this, you know, what we discussed earlier was not to pray exactly there, but to face it. And not face it in every prayer, but face it in the two rakah of Umrah. وَآيَةُ hijabi. Secondly, the verse of hijab. قُلْتُ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ I said, O Messenger of Allah, لَوْ أَمَرْتَ نِسَاءَكَ If only you would order your wives أَنْ يَحْتَجِبْنَ That they would cover themselves. فَإِنَّهُ يُكَلِّمُهُنَّ الْبَرُّ وَالْفَاجِرِ Because righteous people and sinful people, all types of people speak to them. 
So what happened? فَنَزَلَتْ آيَةُ الْحِجَابِ So the verse of hijab was revealed. In which the wives of the Prophet ﷺ were told, rather the people were told that when you ask them for something, then ask them مِنْ وَرَائِ حِجَابِ Ask them from behind a curtain. وَاجْتَمَعَ نِسَاءُ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ فِي الْغَيْرَةِ Another occasion. That the Prophet ﷺ's wives, all of them, they unite together in غَيْرَةِ عَلَيْهِمْ Jealousy against him. The story that we learn of in Surah Al-Tahreem. That how they were envious because the Prophet ﷺ stayed with one wife and had her honey. Right? And the other wife said, Oh, your mouth smells. Did you have this food? And he said, By Allah, I will not have this again. So, this was a plot basically that they made, the wives made. فَقُلْتُ لَهُنَّ So, Umar anhu he was very upset because it was his own daughter, right? Who was involved in this. فَقُلْتُ لَهُنَّ عَسَى رَبُّهُ إِن طَلَّقَ كُنَّ Perhaps his Lord, that if he divorces you, meaning Prophet ﷺ divorces you, his Lord will, and يُبَدِّلَهُ That he will change for him azwaj and wives خَيْرًا مِنْ كُنَّ Better than you. فَنَزَلَتْ هَذِهِ الْآيَةِ The exact verse was revealed in Surah Al-Tahreem. That if you are not sincere to him, Allah can replace you with other women for him. حدثنا ابن أبي مريم قال أخبرنا يحيى بن أيوب قال حدثني حميد قال سمعت أنسا بهذا So in this hadith what do we see? Umar عنه he is saying that three times it happened that what I thought Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the exact same thing. What I wanted my Lord wanted was the same. But we learn that it wasn't just that three occasions. It was more than that. Three occasions are mentioned over here but we learn that after the battle of Badr, the prisoners of war, some people suggested, free them for ransom. Umar who was of the opinion that no, kill them. They're guilty, they're criminals, they need to be killed. And what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveal? The same thing, that they had to be killed. Then we learned that salah over the munafiqeen, when they died, the Prophet ﷺ would go and he would pray for them. But Umar would say, no way. Not at all. At the death of Abdullah bin Ubayy also, right? That he opposed it a lot. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the same command. Wala tu salli alayhim. Right? That you will not pray for any of these munafiqeen. The clear ruling was revealed concerning alcohol. So we see that it happened numerous times, but only three are mentioned over here. Umar anhu himself mentions only three. Because three is jamr, and jamr indicates kathra. Many times. Right? So it happened numerous times. And we see that there were also times when his views were not in line at all, such as Hudaybiyah. A treaty was being made and Umar anhu opposed it. Opposed it severely. Likewise, you see at the death of the Prophet it was a fact. Death had occurred. But Umar anhu did not accept it until Abu Bakr anhu got onto the member and recited the verses in the Quran and Umar anhu he surrendered. Likewise, we see the wars of apostasy. Abu Bakr was of the opinion that do it. Umar anhu no. So there were many times where his opinion was not in line with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to happen. But ultimately what do we see? That Umar anhu he submitted. He surrendered. So whether the truth is in line with our thinking or not, it is what we want or not, still we should accept it. Because sometimes it happens that we want something to happen and it happens and we're so pleased. And sometimes we don't want something to happen. We want something else to happen. And what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides is contrary to our wishes. But then again, 
we surrender. This is what it means to accept the qadr of Allah. We might want to do something in particular, but that's not what Allah wants for us. We don't want to do something, but that's what Allah wants for us. It just falls on your plate. There is no choice but to do it. So in that situation, let's follow the example of Umar Zilawarnhu and surrender. Accept. Also one thing we see here is that a person can be right once, twice, thrice, again and again, but it doesn't mean that they're always right. They're human beings at the end of the day. And we should remember that. We are human beings and we have a mix of both, right and wrong. Sometimes we will make correct decisions and sometimes we will make mistakes. So if somebody makes a mistake, understand that they are human beings. So Umar anhu many times it's amazing. Exactly what he wanted, Allah revealed. The same words, similar words are in the Qur'an. Imagine. But at the same time, this was the man who opposed Hudaybiyah so much. Who would not accept the death of the Prophet But ultimately he surrendered. So there is a great example in the way of Umar anhu for us. But anyway, we feel that if you know what we've wanted, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes that happen, we feel so great, right? We feel so divash, that we are something. I am just something. We become so proud. Just because Allah has favored us in the past, we believe that everybody should follow us and accept what we're saying. But we see that Umar anhu when he was told, fear Allah, he put his cheek on the ground. Allah does what he wants. He's not supposed to submit. We are supposed to submit. And if our thinking, our wishes are in line with Allah's decisions, okay, that's a good thing. But at the end of the day, we are the ones who have to submit. We are required to surrender. So the relevance of this hadith over here is that Umar anhu he wanted the qibla to be what? Maqam Ibrahim. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made that happen. Why did he want that to be the qibla? Why? For whatever reason. Okay? Now from this, the reason why Imam Bukhari is using this hadith over here is that he used his ijtihad, his understanding, to say, to believe that when we pray, we should face Muqam Ibrahim. His understanding he used, right? His ijtihad. That when we pray, we face a particular side of the Kaaba. And it was confirmed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was correct. So likewise, a person can use ishtihad to determine which direction the qibla is. Based on his understanding, on his knowledge, you can use ishtihad to determine which way the qibla is. And you have to in certain situations. Not all the time. In certain situations you have to. You have to look at the sun. You have to check the app. You have to ask other people. So is it okay even to do that? Yes, it is. And if later on you find out that your ishtihad was correct, Alhamdulillah. And if you find out that it wasn't correct, you're not at fault. Because you did put in the effort to determine the Qibla. What is required is sincere effort on our part. حدثنا عبد الله بن يوسف قال أخبرنا مالك بن أنس عن عبد الله بن دينار عن عبد الله بن عمر قال بين الناس بقباء While the people were at Quba في صلاة الصبح in the morning prayer is جاءهم آتن That a person came to them. فَقَالَ إِنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ Indeed, the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم قَدْ أُنزِلَ عَلَيْهِ اللَّيْلَةَ قُرْآنٌ Last night, 
part of Quran was revealed on him, وَقَدْ أُمِرَ And he was commanded, أَنْ يَسْتَقْبِلَ الْكَعْبَةِ That he should face the Kaaba. فَاسْتَقْبِلُوهَا So all of you should also face it. وَكَانَتْ وُجُوهُمْ إِلَى الشَّأْمِ And their faces were towards Sham. فَاسْتَدَارُوا إِلَى الْكَعْبَةِ So they turned around towards the Kaaba because it was a complete 180 degrees turn. So if a person finds out during the salah, then he has to turn around in salah. حدثنا مسدد قال حدثنا يحيى عن شعبة عن الحكم عن إبراهيم عن علقمة عن عبد الله قال صلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الظهر خمسا. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم prayed five rakah of ظهر. فقالوا أزيد في الصلاة has the salah been increased? قال وماذاك? He said what is that? قالوا صليت خمسا. They said you prayed five. فَثَنَا رِجِلَيْهِ He turned on his feet. وَسَجَدَ سَجْدَتَيْنِ And he performed two sajda. So he performed sajda sahu and did not repeat the entire prayer. So sahu in the matter of a rukun shart of salah does not invalidate the salah. Okay? This is the point. That sahu in the matter of shart of salah, rukun of salah does not invalidate the prayer. But a person has to just fix the prayer with sajda sahu. And in the matter of qibla also, it is a shart. Where sahu happened, you don't have to repeat the prayer. But if you find out during the prayer, then you just adjust yourself. If you find out afterwards, then Rabbana la tu'akhidna in nasina awa akhta. Subhanakallahu bihamdik nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Inshallah, next week we will we will begin the abwaab of masjid. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.